Father, thank you so much how you love us. Father, when we look at your great love for us, the Bible says that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should, will not perish but have everlasting life. And when we think about the love that you have for us, oh, how you loved us. And Father, we pray that this morning, not only we will accept your love, but that we will carry your love to the rest of the world. Thank you so much this morning, oh God, for blessing us with the gift of your love. And the church said, Amen. So thank you very much. My name is Madison Gafison, and you know I am one of the deacons here at Silver Creek Church. It is my honor and my privilege to break the word of God with you this morning. Certainly, I want to thank Pastor Kevin for letting me stand in his pulpit. You see, the message I'm sharing this morning is inspired by the happenings that have gone on in our country in the last three weeks. And I just wanted to speak to you from my heart, and I pray that you would be able to hear me from my heart. And uh, in case you didn't know, <laughs> I am a black man. I am married to a beautiful black woman called Claudia. Uh, and we have three beautiful kids who are all black. But you know, on May 26, 2020, um, you know, something tragic really happened in our nation. An unarmed black man called uh, George Floyd was murdered by a white police officer. And I know that you, I know that you are not new to this. Uh, because this was broadcast on the news. And this started off protests and riots. And since then, the country has been in uh, a little bit of confusion. And there's been a lot of discussion about uh, racial injustice here in our country. Um, and since then, a number of videos have even surfaced about other incidents of police brutality and, and all of that. And, and I've had the chance to just watch some of the things that have been shown on the news like you have. And honestly, when I think back to what happened on that sad day, in those nine minutes in Minneapolis, it is a very, very uh, sad thing. And honestly, when I look, watched that video like you did, I was offended. You see, because I was thinking to myself, you know, if I had my son lying down with someone's knee on the neck of my son and for nine minutes and they were crying out of there and asking and, and, and begging for their lives and saying they couldn't breathe, I was wondering what that would look like. And I think that would really be tragic. I don't think any of us would wish that our son or our husband would be in this kind of situation. And as can be expected, you know, people blamed the black man, others blamed the police, and others blamed the system for such injustice. And, and as a church, we cannot be indifferent to the hurt that our nation is going through at this point in time. And to be honest with you, evangelical America is also to be blamed or guilty of propagating social injustices. But what I would really want to focus on today is what 
is the church's response when the nation is hurting in a time like this. And I'm trying to answer the age-old question of what will Jesus do? You see, it's very, very possible for us to react with, you know, what will the Democrats do or what will the Republicans do or what will the Independents do? But when we look at it as a church, we ought to be asking the right question, what will Jesus do? Because he is our model, he is our example, and he is the one to whom we look up to. So my message in this series, Love Does, is entitled, The Love Commandment. And I will be reading the scriptures with you from Matthew 22, 35 and down. The Bible says, one of them, an expert of the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. You see, all of the Old Testament all of the law and all of the prophets hang on this, to love God and to love our neighbor. But let me read another passage that I believe will put it in, even in context. Luke chapter 10 and from verse 25 and down. On one occasion, an expert of the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life. What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you would live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him off his clothes and beat him. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and, where he, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring out oil and wine, then put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for extra expense. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell 
into the hands of robbers. The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. You see, the story of the Good Samaritan, as it is called, is probably one of the most famous stories in all of the Bible. It is talking about a Jew who had fallen into the hands of robbers who were stripped of his goods and his belongings and probably of his money and was left half dead. The story is told that a priest came by a priest was the, the priest was definitely a Jew. He looked at him, he saw him, but he turned and went on the other side. It also says that a Levite, who is again a religious person and a Jew, came by, saw the man in his condition, and then passed on the other side. None of them did anything. But we are told that there was a Samaritan who came by, who looked at the man, saw the man in his condition and decided that he would do something. So this morning, we are talking about the love commandment. When I look at this story, I pick out three things what the love commandment is about. You know, Jesus said that all of the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. To love God, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. Think about it. In other words, if, there were, if we were, you were looking for a, the greatest summary of all of the word of God, it would just be summarized as loving God and loving our neighbor as ourselves. So, the love command, number one, is not an intellectual debate. When I read this in the scriptures, it surprised me. Because the Bible says that when this man came to Jesus, he asked Jesus the right question. The question was, what do I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, but what do you find in the law? And he answered it so correctly. He was an expert in the law, and he answered, I believe, expertly he said it is to love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and to love your neighbor as yourself i believe jesus was impressed by his answer and jesus said yes you answered rightly and he said just go and do this and you will live and i thought the man would be very happy that he got the right answer but we are told that he wanted to justify himself. And so he asked, Who is my neighbor? But who is my neighbor? He, wanting to justify, asked, Who is my neighbor? This implies that he was okay with the God part of the equation, with the loving God part of the equation, but he had struggles with the neighbor part of the equation. You know, may I submit to you that we as a nation, we as a church, might not have a problem with 
the God part of the equation, loving God with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our strength, but we might be struggling with the neighbor aspect of it. Because the expert of the law said, you know, who is my neighbor? In other words, he was like, I, 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 there's someone I know to be my neighbor. I am wondering if the definition of neighbor according to me is the definition of neighbor according to you. And so we have to answer, we have to be able to respond with the understanding of who a neighbor truly is. I was listening to a pastor the other day, and he was talking about how uh, the story about uh, a group of missionaries that went to Tanzania, Africa, you know, under the leadership of one Wimpy Harper. And they had to meet the, the British governor in that country and to talk to him about starting a missions organization in that country. And uh, they had been weeks upon weeks trying to get an appointment to talk with the British governor. And finally, they got one. And in fact, the British governor invited them for dinner. And as they came for dinner, after sharing the pleasantries and, 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 and just fellowshipping over food, the governor you know, said, you know, you know, here is one thing that I want to know of you. And this is what he said. He asked a question. He said, are you real missionaries or are you synthetic ones? Are you missionaries or are you some of the phony missionaries I have had to deal with in times past? You know, I believe that this is the kind of question that the people in this nation and this country and in our community are asking about Christians. Are you really Christians or are you synthetic ones? Are you Christians or are you just one of those phony ones? You know, the Bible challenges us through his word that our theology has to match our sociology. The way we live in our society is supposed to mirror the theology that we believe in our hearts. If we believe that God is love and we believe that God has loved us, then we ought to love others. But unless our believing matches our living, we are a bunch of jokers. Unless our theology matches our sociology, we are just in a debate, an intellectual debate. But this is not what God has called us to. God has called us to do the things that he would do. The Bible says the expert in the law, wanting to justify himself, said, who is my neighbor? So I want to submit to you, number one, this morning, that the love commandment is not an intellectual debate. It's not something to be defensive about. It is something that we ought to accept and embrace as a church and as a people and as a city and as a nation. You know, when I think about our church, Silver Creek, and what it stands for, we are a people that brings the church into our community. We serve our community. We love our community hard. But we have to start by doing so from, the, from the, our hearts of hearts. You know, on Thursday, we were here and 
and, and, and serving our community, uh, giving food to hundreds and hundreds of families. Why? Because we believe that the love command is something practical. It's something that is part of our lives. It's part of our DNA as a church. And so we know that we have to love our community with every fiber of our being. Because we believe that the love commandment is not an intellectual debate. We know that the love commandment is something practical. It is what our Lord Jesus wants us to do. So we ask ourselves, what will Jesus do? If he saw injustice, what will Jesus do if he saw that one person was oppressing another? He would definitely have sympathy. He would definitely have pity on that one. The second thing I pick out from this passage is that the love commandment is not a race or religious thing. I don't know if you noticed this, but the guy who fell into the hands of thieves was a Jewish guy. And yet, a Jewish priest came by and he passed on the other side, did nothing. In fact, the Bible says he saw him and then he made the decision to go on the other side. A Levite, who is also a religious person, a Jewish religious person, saw the man who had been robbed, robbed and left half dead, and he passed again on the other side. But then there was a Samaritan. Now for those of you who are familiar with, you know, uh, you know, Bible culture and, uh, and, 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 and just the, 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 the animosity that used to exist between the Jews and the Samaritans, you would know that the Samaritan was actually an enemy, per, you know, and, you know, came, you know, was actually an enemy. It came from an enemy culture. In fact, the Bible says that the Jews and the Samaritans were always in loggerheads. They never really, really agreed. You know, it is told that you know, every time the Jew met the Samaritan, that they made it a cause of duty to have nothing to do with them. Okay? But when it came to this man who was robbed, it was the man from the enemy nation, so to speak, that saw the man who was robbed, that went down his donkey, that took his time, washed his wounds, anointed it with oil and with, and with wine, and then took him up and then placed him on his donkey, brought him to an inn, made sure that he is healed, and then left to denarii and said to the innkeeper, by the time I return, if you have spent more than this, let me know so that I will reimburse you. The love, commandment, is not a race or a religious thing. The love commandment is that which Jesus has given to you and to me. He wants us to love our neighbor as ourselves. Let us not use our race to be a reason why we don't do what we need to do. Let us not use our religion as the reason why we do not attend to people the way we should. We are a church who, that believes in taking 
this gospel into our community. And we cannot take the gospels you know, into the community if we are not a loving church. So this day, I just wanted to encourage us as Silver Creek Church, as people of God, to just go ahead and just love the world because that's what God is expecting of us. It is not a race thing. It is not a religious thing. It's not even a political thing. You know, many times in our nation, when something happens, we have the tendency to explain it from a political perspective and from a political uh, 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 position. But this is not about politics. This is about what the Lord Jesus said. This is about what God has commanded us to do. He says to love one another just as he has loved us. And so while our nation is hurting I pray that we as a church will not contribute to the hurt, but we will contribute to the healing of our nation. And understand that the love commandment is not a race or a religious thing. It's something that Jesus gave to us. So when we see someone standing before us, the question should not be, what does my political persuasion tell me to do? It should be, what would Jesus want me to do in this situation. The love commandment is not a race or a religious thing. And lastly this morning, the love commandment, number three, is a heart thing. You know, when I read these words, it really touched me. Verse 36 says, which of these three, Jesus asked the expert in the law, do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers. The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. The one who had mercy on him. What he was saying is, it is the one who had a heart on the one who had fallen into the hands of robbers. Silver Creek Church, don't we have a heart? Are we not known in this community to be a church with a heart for our community, a church with a heart for our city, a church with a love, an undying love and commitment to the people that we serve? The expert of the law replied Jesus and said, the one who had mercy on him, that is the neighbor. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. My encouragement to us as a church in this time of difficulty in our nation, this time when you know, people are protesting and there have actually been riots and people have even destroyed other people's property, you know, which we must denounce because the reaction in this time and season should not be that you destroy your neighbor's property. The reaction to, the God reaction should not be to rob another person of their hard-earned uh, uh, money or something like that. Our response should be the response of Jesus, which is to show mercy, to act like people who have a heart, to act like people who care, to act like people 
who want to do exactly what Jesus will have us do. The Bible says Jesus turned to the expert of the law and says, go and do likewise. You know, this morning, Silver Creek Church, can we go and do likewise? Can we go and just love on the one that we don't understand? Love on the one that does not look like us. Love on the one that doesn't talk like us. Love on the one that doesn't quite fit into our definition of a neighbor. Love the one that is unlovable. Love the one that is lovable. Love the one that is in Christ and love the one that is outside of Christ. Can we just go and do likewise? I am reminded of the scripture in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 11. The Bible says, for this is the message that we heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. In a time when a nation is divided and in a time when people are on the streets, I believe that the Jesus kind of response, I believe that the right kind of response is for us to go and spread our love around. Go and spread your love in your workplace, in your family, in your neighborhood, in our city, in our nation, to go and to spread the love of Jesus and to tell people about the love of Jesus. You know, since the COVID-19 uh, hit our, uh, our nation and, and everybody was home and all of that, one of the things that I have found fun to do has been to, you know, to call my friends because everybody is, is home and they are, you know, everyone is just kind of looking for some, some kind of comfort. One of the things I began to do is to call them and to talk to them about Jesus and say, you know what, you know, all of us are living under these conditions that we didn't plan for ourselves. But, you know, one of the things that is comforting me is the very love of Jesus. You know, I know that God cares for us and I've been praying and I've been asking that people will also feel love. You know, in this season, there are people that are hurting. Millions of people are without a job. But what is the Christian response? It's to look at them and to have pity on them and to love on them and to do whatever we can do so that we can make things better. That is the Christian response. So let us go and do likewise. Let us go and obey the love command or the love commandment. Let us go and love our God with all of our heart, with all of our minds, with all of our souls, with all of our strength. But let us also love our neighbor as ourselves. And can we do that this morning? Because this is my challenge for us as a church. This is what the community is expecting from us. You know, the Bible says in 2 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 17, it says, If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Say says, I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins. I will heal their land. This is a time that our nation needs healing. But we as a church can stand as God's people and ask God to heal our land. Father, this morning we just bless you and we thank you for your word that you have given to us the love commandment and that it is not an intellectual debate. Lord God, that it is not a race or a religious thing, but that it is a heart thing. Help us to arise like a church, as a people, 
and go and just do likewise and love you and love our neighbor even as ourselves. Thank you this morning, Lord, for loving on us in the name of Jesus. And the church of God said, Amen. Thank you very much.